Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing the killing of Cecil the Lion, And we want to give a shout out to our listener at TK Tam for recommending this episode via Instagram. Here's what you need to know. On July 1st, 2015, Cecil, a 13-year-old male lion, unwittingly wandered outside of his national park sanctuary and into harm's way. Days later, he was found dead. But who or why would someone do such a thing to this critically endangered species? Cecil was one of the top tourist attractions at Wangi National Park in western Zimbabwe. He was well known for his beautiful jet black mane and his majestic large size. In 2008, 
Cecil was fitted with a satellite tracking collar by the Wildlife Conservation Unit at Oxford University for research purposes. And since then, he had been living in the park with his pride, leading a life similar to a celebrity, with photographers and documentarians clamoring to get a shot. Cecil, look over here! But things took a dark turn in July of 2015. It is believed that following the scent of a potential snack, Cecil left the sanctuary borders. But conservationists say that what Cecil was actually following was a trap placed by hunters who lured prey into unprotected territory for the purpose of killing them. The hunting party had strapped a dead animal to their car and driven outside the Wangi National Park boundaries. According to Zimbabwe officials, Dr. Walter J. Palmer, an American dentist who was known for hunting big game with his bow and arrow, shot Cecil with his crossbow. Cecil was wounded, but survived and was able to get away. It wasn't until 10 to 12 hours later that the hunting team and Palmer were able to catch up to Cecil. It was then that he was mortally wounded after being shot. Cecil was then beheaded and his corpse was left to rot. He wasn't discovered until a few days later when researchers noticed his collar had not moved in days and sent out a search party. What they found were the grisly remains of their famous feline. National Geographic was the first to report the killing of Cecil the lion on July 21, 2015. Within days, the incident had blown up and was receiving massive media coverage. Celebrities tweeted about the lion's killing, and Jimmy Kimmel gave an impassioned monologue about it on his late-night television show. Worldwide outrage tonight over the death of Cecil the Lion, killed at the hands of an American dentist. An emotional Jimmy Kimmel last night summed up the case and the global anger about it. Watch. It was a dentist from Minnesota who paid $50,000 to shoot the lion. According to uh, the news, he hired a company. He flew to Zimbabwe. Uh, Two locals took him to the national park. They tied a a dead animal to the back of a jeep to lure the lion out of the park because it's illegal to shoot them in the park. They call it baiting. And once they got the lion out of the park, they put a spotlight on him. And then the dentist shot Cecil with a bow and arrow. But the arrow didn't kill a lion, so they tracked him and 40 hours later shot him with a gun, skinned him, and took the head and left the body there. Though some media reports exaggerated allegations that Cecil suffered for over 40 hours, it is most likely that he did suffer considerably during the more accurate 12-hour period after he was first wounded with a severe thoracic injury. The American dentist Palmer was sought out on poaching charges by local authorities, but ended up with just a slap on the wrist. Reports surfaced saying Palmer had paid upwards of $54,000 to bow hunt Cecil. None of the hunters were ever formally charged. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats Cecil was a 13-year-old lion. According to Wikipedia, Cecil was named after the British businessman, politician, and mining magnate Cecil Rhodes. According to National Geographic, eight African countries allow the consistent export of lion parts, including Mozambique, Zimbabwe, Namibia, and Tanzania, 
which holds nearly half of the continent's wild lions. Lions have declined precipitously in the wild, down from an estimated 200,000 continent-wide a century ago to about 20,000 today. According to ABC News, African lions were placed on the endangered species list for the first time in 2016, when as few as 17,000 African lions were reported to remain in the wild. People will pay from $24,000 to $71,000 to hunt lions in Africa more than any other trophy species. About 8,200 African lion trophies were imported between 2004 and 2014, the sixth highest of any internationally protected species. The American black bear is number one. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Alarmy. And fact-checking for us is Clayton Early. Facts matter, but check them, though. (laughs) And our very special guest is my friend, writer, comedian, Lucas Kavner. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Thanks for joining us, Lucas. You... Uh, are uh, a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> That's true. That's a fact. That is a fact. We did it. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is you lucked out because we're not doing like, you know, one of these where like, mm, you know, it's obviously it's a, a tragedy. We're covering it, but you were not doing like, you know, millions of dollars. Why am I saying this? This is why I should have <laughs> no, this, this is, is why still a bad I should have gone. Yeah, it's a bad thing. You know, we didn't You're one of the good ones. Just a lie and <laughs> murdered. <laughs> oh god. Uh, uh, that's why I went with you're a nice guy. Just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. I'm um, happy to be one. Uh, Lucas, we'd like to start the show by asking our guests to share with us something that is recently alarming you, something that keeps you up at night. Hmm, life 2021. <laughs> uh, no, you know what I've been thinking about uh, yesterday? You know, people are making jokes about re-entering society from a social perspective and like small talk, but like really genuinely, like I don't know how to talk to people anymore. Mm. Like I don't know how to talk to neighbors. Like I was standing outside with my neighbor yesterday for like 20 minutes and like the conversation fully stopped. Neither of us left and just lingered for like a good 45 seconds. And then she was like, do you want to see some like pictures of fountains on my phone? And I was like... Okay, <laughs> and we just she because she was talking about her garden, and then I just stared as she scrolled through fountains, but like neither of us spoke. It was just like we don't know how to do this at all, and I don't know when it's going to start again. And I'm like genuinely uneasy around small talk at this point, like to an almost you know unsettling degree. You're doing a really great job now for what it's worth. Yeah. thank you. Yeah, you're doing well, better friends. than me. You're doing way better than how I started. <laughs> Yeah, so well, that's what I'm alarmed. I'm alarmed at all of us re-entering society and having to talk to people and yeah, normal, try to I, I totally get that. I saw you in a park along with a few of our friends last week, and it was mm-hmm. the first time I had seen people that I knew for a very long time, especially since coming back from Canada. And I, I gotta say, like I was paralyzed. I, I, I like <laughs> sat in a spot on on, yeah. on the grass, and I didn't move for a, a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's like multitasking is so hard, like socially multitasking, like, oh, I got to go to this part and stand here and talk to this person now. No, I'll just sit. No. You can come to me. 
Um, so, I mean, that is just the perfect transition to start talking about this uh, tragedy of this, you know, lion who was murdered, killed, mm-hmm. hunted, just say it. murdered, hunted. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there. He was murdered. <laughs> I, we have a lot to cover. So I, we're just going to jump right in and put Dr. Palmer up on the board. Mr. Palmer, Dr. Palmer, dentist Palmer. Now, according to National Geographic, Palmer's a dentist from Minnesota. He's set to have paid 45K to bow hunt Cecil. July 21st, uh, I'm sorry, July 1st, 2015, he hits him uh, with an arrow on a farm outside of the park, a place where the lion usually went to explore. The team tracked the farm, uh, famed cat, shot him again 11 hours later. Now, New York Times says a big game hunter who prides himself on his skills hunting without firearms. Dr. Palmer was profiled in 2009 in the New York Times when he shot an elk dead from 75 yards with a compound bow bow. Sorry. In pursuit of new uh, of a new bow hunting record. So he's used to doing this. Now it goes on. In a statement, Dr. Palmer defended his actions, saying that he believed that he had done this, what he had done was legal. He had no idea that the lion, quote, I had no idea that the lion I took was known, was a known local favorite, was collared, and part of a study until the end of the hunt, Dr. Palmer said. I relied on the expertise of my local professional guides to ensure a legal hunt. Mm, interesting. So he's trying to blame the local mm-hmm. guides. Should, should we just put them up on the board for just to keep things going? Just, the yes. local yeah. guides. Yeah, we got pics of those local yes. guides. We can say now uh, <laughs> the local guides. Um, I'm going to say I, I still have more to say about Palmer because there's just more information. But let's put the local guides up, and we'll we'll get to them in a beat. Now. According to National Geographic, I'm just going to go on. There's so much to cover. Okay, let's do it. In a, in a public statement, Palmer maintained, again, I deeply regret my pursuit of an activity I love. Okay, <laughs> sorry, that made me laugh. I deeply regret the, that uh, my pursuit of an activity I love and practice responsibly and legally resulted in the taking of this lion. So you're sad it's that just a hobby. Yeah, the hobby that you like, which entails killing things, you're sad that it resulted in the death yeah. of a thing that you killed? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry that my innocent hobby of murder resulted in murder. <laughs> okay, that really made me laugh. Okay, but we got to go on. It's possible that Palmer was remorseful and in hindsight, knowing the hunt was likely to have been illegal, regretted his involvement. Nevertheless, this was not the first time Palmer was alleged to have been involved in an illegal hunting trip. Ding dong. <laughs> Ding dong, the Ding witch is dead, dong. right? Now, <laughs> following the furor over Ce- the Cecil hunt, American media uncovered his participation in a similar incident nine years earlier. On that occasion, Palmer shot again with a hunting bow, a large black bear in Wisconsin. Yes, he had a permit to hunt a bear, but he reportedly shot it 40 miles from his permit's stipulated hunting area. It's alleged that he subsequently suffered substantial financial inducements to his hunting guides to uh, offered, he offered them uh, substantial inducements to his hunting guides to lie about the location of the hunt. Unfortunately for Palmer, the guides spilled the beans. Oh, good for okay. the guides. Good for the. <laughs> this doesn't bet well for Palmer. 
No, he was yeah. fined at uh, he was fined three thousand dollars and a year's probation. Probation. Oh, nothing. Three thousand dollars. Nothing. Yeah, he's That's a dentist. Crazy. Yeah. That's like what you get fined for not wearing a mask in public, which actually should. Yeah, they should both be hired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Now, it, it goes on. In both cases, Palmer appears to have gone to considerable lengths to obtain particularly large hunting trophies, exhibiting the obsession many wealthy American hunters have for getting record kills entered into the, quote, trophy book hunting associations, such as Safari Club International Keep for their members. Put that book on the board. Right? Yeah, what? What? You just get a picture of yourself yeah. in a book? Yeah. Bragging rights. I don't, I don't know if there's photo. I'm sure there have to be photos, of course. What's the book oh, the, called? The Trophy Book. Okay. It's now, on the board. it should be noted that as of April 2014, the U.S. Fishing and Wildlife Service have banned all imports of elephants hunting trophies from Zimbabwe under the Endangered Species Act. So uh, this act was still in place in 2015. So if Palmer had succeeded in killing a a, a gigantic... Oh, this is in regards to uh, a former elephant he was trying to bring back to the U.S. as a trophy. Oh, my which, God. Can this guy just get into pottery yeah. or no, something? No. Like, and he killed the biggest Christ. pot. <laughs> yes, and then shoot it. And then like, shoot the pot, yeah. No fines for shooting pottery. Put it on a drone. Let the drone just, like, bop around and then shoot it if you can with an arrow. Cool. We got to ask ourselves, like, what is this trophy hunting thing? Like, why are we... Why are they doing it? Now, I... I look... I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna go out there and I'm not gonna hunt. I'm I'm not a hunter, not interested. But I do eat meat, right? So I think there's like a little bit of hypocrisy when it comes to people who are like super against hunting. There's a difference in hunting, even though I don't hunt either and I don't like hunting at all. I feel like there's there's something about trophy hunting yes. in particular that's yes. so much, and it feels such like evil rich person specific thing that it's like the same as like a like a trophy wife or a trophy like a you know it's like just all about trophies for these people yeah and like that separates it from just like hunting hunting deer with the boys mm-hmm. it's like i gotta get this there are seventeen thousand lions left and i need one of them for myself like it's just such a psycho rich specific seems very machismo too like very male centric although i don't know maybe there's lots of ladies out there who also want the big game but no there's i don't think i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) we just go ahead and say toxic masculinity i put up trophy hunting should we just throw it on the board we can throw yeah because my my big question is when it comes to trophy hunting does it make your dick bigger (laughs) (laughs) That is the question. I was not expecting that question. <laughs> I think because it makes it smaller if we're getting, getting real. Notice. I think it means your dick it's... is small, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. because you It means you your want dick is grow. small. It means your dick will continue to get smaller oh, with every trophy oh. hunt you make. Because I, I, I would say, like, if it makes it bigger, then that makes sense to me. That's why they're going after the big trophy. Well, then right? everyone would be trophy hunters. You'd, and yeah, there would be no animals left problem. on the planet because every guy would be like, give me a gun. Or an arrow. <laughs> um, it just is so disgusting to me. Like, it's one thing 
to hunt for, because you're going to eat the animal. But the fact that they beheaded Cecil, mm-hmm. left his... And I know that like people don't eat lion. Maybe some people do. No. But, uh, no. Okay. So you're not supposed to eat lion. But it just leaving his whole body there and just killing for sport is so... I mean, I just... I can't wrap my head around now. This is a very it might be one of our most controversial episodes because this is there's there are different sides. I see because people talk about doing it for conservation reasons. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get to it to that as well. Just so that we are fully clear with the actual events that happens. Let's talk about those. The hunting guides. Right. There's there's this guy, Theo Bronkhurst. And. He's the guy, one of the guys who I, I want to say perhaps he's the lead one uh, who led the dentist astray, as he claims. Right. At the very least, he seems to have tried to cover it all up. This guide, according to ABC News, to prepare for Palmer's exp- expedition, Love Lover Ridge's book contends that his hunting guide, Theo Bronkenhorst, Bronkhorst and wildlife tracker Cornelius Nacube dragged the carcass of an elephant that had been killed a week earlier by another hunting client to a suitable location 300 meters uh, behind a land cruiser and outside the protected Owangi National Park. They constructed a hunting blind in a nearby tree overlooking the elephant carcass. Okay. Lover Ridge alleges Palmer's hunting guide removed the GPS collar from Cecil's neck at some point, and it was never recovered. Bronkhorst admitted removing the collar in a moment of panic and hanging it on a tree near where Cecil was killed, the book said. So big question is, if he didn't think it was wrong, why did he panic? And just for the record, it's not illegal to kill an animal that's being tracked for research purposes, but it is considered unethical. It's not illegal to kill an what animal that that's mean? being tracked for research? Um, no. It, it, well, I think that has In to fact, do more with Zimbabwe. <laughs> I'm sure that's like local. Uh, the, there's no uh. law in Zimbabwe where, you know. And again, let's think about this. This is an Oxford research that's happening in in. In Zimbabwe. So it's not right. a, a, lo- a local government that is doing this research. It's an but isn't this exactly what poaching is? And aren't there like poaching laws in all of these places for this specific thing? But maybe yeah. they don't apply in like there certain are, parts of Africa. There are poaching laws and there are poaching organizations that try to go into these communities and educate the, the local communities against poaching but it's again it's a controversial topic mm-hmm. so where cecil was living it's like a wildlife it's a national refuge park. but there's no gates or perimeter so he's free to roam wherever he likes yes okay but he just sort of stays in one area because he's being fed and yeah, it's not and like one of those dog collars that like shock the dogs when they <laughs> <laughs> like leave right. the it's it's just like a, a massive area that they're like, well, they don't need to get out of here. But sometimes they do get out of those borders. Doesn't really it's need to uncommon. necessarily unless he has a reason to, which is why they baited him. Right. It's like right. he's got everything. Yeah, he's he needs like wor- if he's like working out of town. Yes. He has to go on a yeah. work trip. <laughs> <laughs> and did did is, is it alleged that these 
uh, local guides specifically targeted Cecil or no? They were just sort of in an area and they were Cecil was in sort of the wrong place, got caught up in no. with some bad actors. No, th- this was specifically targeted <gasps> towards Cecil because he was a famous lion. <gasps> and this guy was like, I want that one. Wow. And right? so then the reason he panicked and took the tracker off was because he didn't know Cecil had a tracker. Like, yeah. how could they think this would not backfire on them? Unclear. I mean, it didn't, I guess, except for. So you don't the think they just saw a lion and were like, there's a lion. Try to kill that lion. Then realize, oh, that's Cecil. Like, we screwed <laughs> up, took off the collar, hit it and then like tried. to. That's their track. story. Yeah. that. Yeah. It's unclear. Well, no, their story was just like, we're allowed to do it. Right. And then. And then it only came out later that they like backtracked and did all this shady stuff. Their story right? is that they didn't know it was Cecil and they don't know oh. it was a research mm-hmm. uh, lion. They're not claiming that they, you know, lured it out. You know, they're like, oh, we found it. It just happened to be. But like it was a well-known lion. It had a, a, a jet black mane. <laughs> Which yeah, I you guess, can't miss Cecil. <laughs> I guess he was just like a massive lion with a jet black yeah. mane. And you're like, oh, that must be Cecil. Now, uh, this is again from uh, ABC News. The high court in Zimbabwe dropped charges against Palmer's hunting guide, Theo Bronken. Bronkhorst ruling he didn't do anything wrong since the lion was killed just outside the protected national uh, Wangi National Park in a privately owned wildlife area called. The Guai Conservancy. In English is murder zone. (laughs) Murder here, please. (laughs) Now, this is according to National Geographic. The hunters then returned to the camp and uh, Cornelius and Nadabazine. I'm so sorry. That's a really hard name. I can't even help you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, He was the the Skinner. Skinner. He was the Skinner. Were instructed to skin the dead lion and begin preservation of the trophy. Normally, this would involve removing the salt and salting the skin, which must be done promptly to avoid damage to the hide. Later, the head would be removed from the carcass and the tissue stripped off. The head would then be boiled and cleaned to the bone. Together, the skin and clean skull make up the trophy that a hunter would take home for display. But Cornelius and Nabadazinle, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the Skinner. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Skinner were ordered to leave the skinned carcass intact and load it onto the hunter's vehicle along with a preserved skin. This was unusual as the carcass minus skin and head has little value and is usually discarded in situ. Bronkhorst and Palmer then drove off, according to both uh, of the men, heading for M- Matesi a few hours drives away. It seemed likely that Bronkhurst, well aware that there was no quota for a line to be hunted on Anto- Antoinette Farm, was removing any evidence of the hunt. It is also probable that he was intending to report the lion as having been hunted in Matesi Safari area or one of the other hunting areas northwest of Awangi, where the, uh, there were lions on the hunting quote. Sounds like quota. a repeat of the, la- of the bear situation. Trying to Right. It's like the same thing. Uh, so, Classic dentist. Yeah. He just does this all the time. What does he tell his clients about their teeth? That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah, we've got a big problem here. <laughs> so We're I- going to have to take you to the back. And cover up. <laughs> that screwed up another filling. Uh. <laughs> you know what? That is true. I mean, ethically, he's very questionable. I'm yeah. not trusting him with my no. with with my uh, my big uh, shiny uh, money maker. He's gonna take your big tooth <laughs> as a trophy and said, "I pulled the biggest tooth from Rebecca's head." 
<laughs> I do <laughs> have big teeth. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Get I'm the very molars. curious how his how is his dentist of a business must have been honestly probably drastically affected by this. Like, uh, yes. is this dude still a dentist? I don't, I'm not sure if he's still a dentist. Maybe Clayton can look that up. But um, yeah. I I know that people were uh, you know up in arms about this guy and yeah. his business was affected. I, I know that they took he had to take down his website and all these things. We have trophy hunting up on the board. Um, this is what is complicated about trophy hunting. According to National Geographic, the question is, what impact has trophy hunting had? It depends on where the lions live and how the hunting is managed. Scientists recommend strict enforcement of low quotas and only allow hunts of older lions. Some studies have shown that trophy hunting has taken a toll on lion populations in parts of Zimbabwe and Tanzania though they've since enacted reforms, while scientists consider Namibia a success story. The thing about sport hunting is it's not all good, it's not all bad, says Craig Packer, director of the Lion Research Center at the University of Minnesota. If you're, t- uh, if you're to take an average across the continent, though, the bad outweighs the good. One report by the Democratic staff of the U.S. House Committee on Natural Resources found that there's little evidence to show that trophy hunting... Uh, fees help conservation, particularly in nations known for corruption. Okay. So it's like, in a way, they're trying to, these countries are trying to work with capitalism, right? Yeah, it's, it is sort of the perfect metaphor of capitalism. It's like, well, technically, if you're putting money into this thing and they can go back into the conservation because they're getting the money for these local people and they can use the money for the local town. And But really, probably what happens is just a bunch of people get rich and it doesn't end up probably helping the town and helping the community. Uh, as they say, Lucas, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yes, Clay? You look yes. Like you're, you're... I'm finding this is according to NBC News that he his practice, like he basically like shut down his practice for about a month or so and there was a bunch of protesters. But then a month or so later, there were still protesters. He opened up and this is this is a quote. It says, the practice River Bluff Dental in Bloomington reopened in late August without Palmer, but he told the Associated Press and the Star Tribune newspaper on Sunday that his patients want him back. Oh, sure they do. <laughs> sure they do. <laughs> I also... We want Palmer. I also found something from... Where's the murder dentist? <laughs> no one else can do my filming. Come and murder my chief, doctor. <laughs> Um, I also found miss me. from the DailyMail.com in the UK. I don't know how reputable this source is, no, but they're saying boo. that very, he came back to killing. He apparently oh, came he back, back to, to killing, killing. Uh, last year in July. In oh yeah, I don't doubt yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so take that for what once it's you do it once. It. Um, so let's put maybe uh, working with capitalism, which is different than actual capitalism, because here's the other angle with trophy to trophy hunting. According to New York Times, hunting advocates and some conserva- uh, conservationists argue that if done responsibly, the selling of expensive licenses to big hunters, big game hunters can help pay for efforts to protect endangered species. In 2013, the Dallas Safari Club in Texas fought for the right to sell at auction a permit for the hunting of a black rhino in Namibia, setting off a debate over the practice. I'm Pretty sure it went up uh, for $350,000. Wow. Now, according to brookings.edu, which is a Washington, D.C. think tank, the conservation benefits of allowing trophy hunting allow some level of hunting um, can, in theory, 
give hunters, ranchers, and other people close to the wild resource a stake in preserving the species and the entire ecosystem and managing it sustainably. Manage Managed hunting could reduce the pressure on land being converted from its natural state to cattle and ranching or agriculture cultivation, a driver for some of the greatest environmental destructions around the world. Often, competition for land between landowners and rural populations on, on the one hand and wildlife on the other puts wildlife at great risk. As landowners and rural populations see wildlife as pests, and so they want to kill them. Without being able to derive monetary value from wildlife, landowners and local populations may have no stake in any conservation of the species or preservation of the ecosystem. If bans and other restrictions on land use the requirements for conservation, uh, impose significant costs on local owners, they may even want to extirpate the species from their land to avoid such conservation costs. In theory, managed hunting, such as trophy hunting, however, puts money in the pockets of landowners legally, perhaps even raising the standard of living of close-by rural populations. But... But... (laughs) But, and there's always a but... Corruption and governance matter hugely. Corruption is crucial in the issuing of licenses. If licenses are systematically faked, issued for bribes in excess of quotas, or never checked, the presumed conservation benefits of legal trophy hunting can be nil despite the hefty fee, Mm. tens of thousands of dollars. A license could cost a hunter. It's not that easy to curb corruption. Okay, so what do we yeah. put on the board here? Corruption. <laughs> Corruption. Corruption. And, you know, yeah. I, I think what is important to talk about is that we're talking about these, ru- when we're talking about these rural communities that are surrounding the, uh, the, the, the national parks or the conservationist you know, zones, these are poor communities. Mm-hmm. And they're not seeing any of the money from these licensing fees. And on top of that, they have li- they're living amongst lions. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's almost like saying like these rich people are paying a country club fee to go golf at the totally. country club and mm-hmm. of course that money will go to the, you know, town around the country club, won't it? Cuz you'll it's come like, and work no. at the country club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like this just idea that like these people are, you know, these landowners are like, you know who what I want to do with this money I got from these murder licenses is like save animals more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's just the the idea of that, I guess in theory sometimes probably works because because you're you know injecting money into a community in an area but like i can imagine that's a terrible way to inject money into a community in an area you You can do better yeah you can't control it you don't know how that you're not you can't make sure that it's actually going to those that actually need it the most right right and there was this uh this woman who i i heard on a podcast who i thought made an incredible point she's uh maxi pia lewis director of nacso a namibian organization that works with local communities to support conservation efforts um she uh she said uh when i heard about cecil cecil the lion the first thing that came to mind was i felt sorry for it because i thought it was a human being so she's talking about like the media <laughs> when she yeah. hears it from the media. I don't think it's a lion. Uh, I didn't think it was a lion because I didn't think wildlife could be named. 
Living in Africa, wildlife is wild, and we don't give our wildlife names. It's not a pet. It's wild. (laughs) I must say, I was angered by the anger that came from it. It was very one-sided. It all came from the West. We were not given a choice to say something because we we were being used as Africans, as being used to uh, look out for wildlife for the West. That's how I felt. I thought that after colonialism, we were no longer there to look out for wildlife, but it felt like colonialism was still there because of that thinking. The way uh, they were acting and saying things was very hurtful to Africans, especially rural Africans, because they suffer every day from wildlife. So why should they look after wildlife if they don't benefit? Interesting. Interesting. It is always fascinating. And I love animals. But how worked up people get over animals being harmed in a way where those same people sometimes... Um, are able to turn a blind eye to human pain and suffering. Mm. Absolutely, mm. Amanda. And I think that it, that's why, for me, this is a very controversial tragedy, you know, to cover. Because, you know, you hear about Jimmy Kimmel, like, doing this, like, impassioned monologue, right? And this is in 2005, right? So I, I, I literally, I was like, okay, let me go. Yes, you can find it very easily, and I'm not saying I don't like Jimmy Kimmel. He's great. He's fine. Um, you can find that monologue easily. Um, Cold Jimmy Kimmel burn. <laughs> no, he's great. He's fine. Um, Wait, was it 2005 or 2000? 2015, I'm sorry. 15. Yeah. 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 So there, at the same time, though, to the, if you think about, if you put it into context, it's the summer of 2015. This is also the summer that like the, the Black Lives Matter movement is happening in our country and, and it's really starting to take off in 2015 um, because you had in 2013 uh, the, the uh, George Zimmerman uh, mm-hmm, trial, mm-hmm. Trayvon Martin uh, killing, and then uh, and the um, uh, Michael Brown is shot by a, a Ferguson, a white police officer in Ferguson. That's in 2014. And I Googled like Jimmy Kimmel like impassioned Black Lives Matter monologue and like I couldn't find one. What I'm saying is at the time, context is everything, right? And it just, it it feels hypocritical to care, all of a sudden care so much, you know, and everyone just jumped on the Cecil lion, the lion bandwagon, like let's save this lion. But nobody in 2000, not not a lot of white people were jumping on the Black Lives Matter bandwagon. Mm -hmm. No, or even in Africa, other atrocities that go on right around there that don't get nearly the same attention as a lion being killed. It's got to be something to like Dr. Walter Palmer being such a character of a villain it's so easy to hate him Mm -hmm. and in a way it's like i could see where white people see him and they're like hey that's one of us like we can stop him but just this like evil the idea of this evil rich white dentist like going into africa and killing this beautiful lion is like i feel like that's something that people are like oh that's bad well and they also they feel more comfortable they yeah, feel right, comfortable right. talking mm-hmm. about that. Versus- well, he's such an easily identifiable villain type too. It's like the guy with the ivory, like you know, hat oh, yes. and like his <laughs> yeah, and the mustache like, safari <laughs> outfit. Like, oh, I'll pay you for those elephants. Like, we know that bad guy. <laughs> I'm not saying that it has to be like either or. I think should be and and right. Of course, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. Uh, just a few more quick things. First, we should put up uh, Philip Percival 
Now, this was recommended by one of our listeners. This is our, our listener recommendation. At Autumn N. Ray said, Philip Percival. He was known as the, quote, Dean of Hunters, and he really helped spread the idea of big game hunting as well as actively facilitating it. Mm. He also served to romanticize the, quote, white hunter profession slash pastime. He even took Theodore Roosevelt and Ernest Hemingway hunting. So I looked, I did a quick search on, on Percival, and he's, you know, early... Uh, early 20th century. He's a renowned white hunter and an early safari guide in colonial Kenya. So it sounds like he he kind of romanticized the idea of going out and like coming back home with like a big lion head or elephant tusks, Mm, you know, Mm. like, and I like what I like this, you know, listeners pointing out that it goes way back. Let's let's expand our mindset. This isn't something that just happened in 2015. This has been happening for uh, over 100 years. Yeah. Those classic shots of people in their old like hunting lodges Mm -hmm. with, you know, giant lion heads on it. You know, that's I feel like that's a classic like image from years Um, ago perhaps there's an opportunity here to uh put up on the board uh design like what is up with this like hunting design why why is it cool to like put a a a lion head up on a wall i don't know can't we just get behind something else (laughs) taxidermy yeah Yeah. antlers like chic chic antlers or skulls in like a joshua tree house yeah yeah why why is that cool can't we just like i don't know get into like french uh country houses or just put up some flowers i just feel like uh, we could also maybe just put like humans because why do we as humans have this obsession with having rare anything? It's like a status thing where it's like, I want to have this rare artifact, this rare carcass, whatever the hell yeah. it is, where it's like, I want that so because it makes me special or gives me some kind of clout or like, wh- why or why do we feel like we need that? Like, what is You know it what do? we can do it? Bragging rights. We should put bragging rights up on the board. And we we have to put like something like white people, rich people. Mm. Like it's always yeah, like rich the same white people, rich yeah. white people. Yeah, yeah. Tr- the Trump kids. You <laughs> know, it's yeah. the Trump kids are the perfect trophy hunters. Maybe it's you just, just blame, like, uh, you know, like you lack a, you know, if you're rich and you have nothing to do, like this is the kind of crap you get into. <laughs> like people need yeah, to work bored. more. Oh, bored, <laughs> yeah. bored white rich people. Yes. <laughs> we should also put UK, EU, and the US. Because they are the world's three largest importers yes. of trophy hunting. And lacks of, lacks, lack of laws or something to really discourage that. We should put um, lack of like government... Oversight? Um, a policy? Yeah, lack of government yeah. policy. Sure. And also, finally, we should put lions up for... <laughs> Rebecca, very victim blaming. You you guys always say that I victim blame, but sometimes I'm right here. Sometimes I'm right. They will kill you. Lions will kill you. But not Mm -hmm. from like so far away when you have a fake thing set up in a tree with an arrow watching for that lion. No, but, <laughs> yeah. I, no, but I'm, I'm taking Yeah, they'll kill you when you have a crossbow. It's like, I'm going to kill that lion. Yeah, no, they'll no. kill you when you have a dead corpse of an animal luring them out. No, and you go yeah, into but, their but, house. If you go into their house, they might kill you. Excuse me. The rural communities around these parks, like, they have a lion problem. They come sure. into their areas and, and 
will they will kill you. <laughs> but that's when you should kill the lion when you yeah, have a lion problem and they're killing your family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not I'm coming to your house to kill you. Okay, so we're going to start knocking things off the board after this quick break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Alarmist. All right, killing of Cecil the lion, who is to blame? Dr. Walter Palmer, dentist who shot Cecil. The local guides, Theo Bronckhurst and Cornelius Nacube. The trophy book, trophy hunting, toxic masculinity, working with capitalism, corruption, Philip Percival, dean of hunting, taxidermy, bragging rights, bored rich white people, the UK, the EU, and the US, lack of government policy, and lions. 
Okay, I think we can start off by taking lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last up, Fine. first to Let go. Let me have it. <laughs> uh, Let's see here. Taxidermy. That's about it. That's all we can. No, that's all we can take <laughs> off the list. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can kind of remove there. They all sort of factor in. What? Now we can start folding them into one another. Like like taxidermy kind of folds into bragging rights. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, what's... your taxidermy is a bragging. Mm-hmm. Right. Is your brag. And bragging rights kind of uh, uh, fold into capitalism because it's like you have to have the money to be able to hunt like that, right? So you're like, oh, yeah, I can afford to hunt big game. Oh, interesting. I think they're different things because, uh, well, yeah, hunting big game, that they are pretty connected. But maybe we could fold bragging rights up into bored, rich, white people. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. I also think trophy hunting is pretty much bragging rights, right? Yes, that's true. What if we fold up the trophy book into trophy hunting? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, we're not happy with you, trophy book. No, if you didn't exist like, and people didn't want to be in you, would we have trophy hunting? <laughs> Why can't we just have a, a book about like nice people? Like, oh, I want to get in that nice people book. <laughs> Nicest person. Hey, this is Brad. <laughs> He's just a good guy. You'd have a bunch, of, get in have that a bunch of bored rich white people saying they're the nicest. Yes, that's right, true. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. Then the board rich right people start killing other nice people to get on the nice people book. <laughs> Who's nice now? <laughs> okay. So toxic masculinity, could that be folded into to- trophy hunting? I feel like trophy hunting could be folded into toxic masculinity. Um, trophy hunting and toxic masculinity. Same could, family. One, one could go. I think let's fold toxic. It's more specific. So let's fold toxic masculinity into trophy hunting. Okay. And let's understand. Let's keep in the back of our mind that we're, we're looking at you, toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> You're not off the hook. Just ever. know that it's always there. Yeah. <laughs> now, what about like corruption, lack of government policy? Like mm-hmm. one of it seems like those are the same area. I think I think that is capitalism, too. There's a lot of like just like policy kind of related you know it's all right. like it's your like formal yeah government policy capitalism corruption and, and corruption sort of feel like the same because it is sort of the corruption of government yeah i yeah. think it can all wrap into corruption for this yeah okay you like yeah. that i like that yeah i do uh, thinking you know it's like corrupt capitalism. Right, because it's no like way. capitalism and in theory and government in theory would be great if there was never any corruption, but that's the overarching right. theme. So Also Phil oh, Phil Percival can probably fold into trophy hunting too, because he started it, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, it's him and his trophy hunting together. His crew. But great crew recommendation by Autumn Ray. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you, Autumn. And just to say, if we end up sending your listener suggestion to jail, you get a prize. That's I'll, right. Maybe maybe it's a T-shirt. Mm. Maybe it's a, an alarmist uh, signature touch tool. I don't know, but you definitely will get a prize. So keep going to our Instagram page and commenting when we when we post if we want your ideas. Someday build a jail and then you can actually take all the winners on a tour of the jail that they... Oh, that'd be fun, a field trip. <laughs> right? <laughs> we have Dr. Palmer up on the board, local guides, trophy hunting, corruption, bored, rich, white people, and 
the UK, EU, and US. Perhaps we can fold bored, rich, white people into trophy hunting. Yeah, and I think to that effect, maybe even UK, EU, and US as well, because we're saying that they're the biggest trophy hunter exporters, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, you know, just so we know, it's not okay. It's not okay, countries. (laughs) I'm I'm really... You rich white countries. I feel like a mom today. I'm like, really? (laughs) You guys. You guys. It's not okay. (laughs) Go stand in the corner. (laughs) Um, So what are we going to, out of these four that are left, what are we going to send to jail? And what are we going to give the big slap? I have a hard time letting Mr. Palmer off the hook here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but isn't he just the victim of a, of, of what all of everything that we've just said trophy hunting represents. I mean, if we're folding in the trophy hunt is this toxic, Mm. bored white people, that culture that has spawned Mr. Palmer. Yes. Is that not the ultimate to blame? But I think his past is troublesome. The fact that he Mm. was accused and found guilty of essentially doing something sketching the past where he had to pay a fine to hunt something illegally. It seems like a little bit more sinister or intentional because of that mm. i'm not saying that he's sure, definitely but isn't it. everyone who kills a lion for trophy probably pretty shady yes. and bad yeah. in the same <laughs> way but it's just walter's the one who's got the attention sure. <laughs> like i fear i feel like they're all like we none of us you know who's friends with like a good trophy hunter who's like a <laughs> solid dude that'd be a really weird thing to find out about your close friend that they are I secretly know. Oh, a wow. big trophy hunter. yeah every year go to africa kill a rhino behead it and uh yeah no no but but brian's great <laughs> he's a good guy <laughs> Um, I, I, I take your points. Uh, it's tough. I, I I think here's what I'm, I'm going towards. I'm not happy with corruption and I'm really not happy with these local guides. Mm -hmm. I'm not, but I do think we should send trophy hunting to the alarmist jail and Walter Palmer, give him the big slap. Our dentist, everyone's hated dentist. Yeah, beloved. Uh-huh. I think I agree. <laughs> I think that a that makes slap. sense. Like, I, a, yeah, I, I a really... big slap that rattles his teeth. How about that? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. knocks him out. And then he has to go to himself to do the, his own dental surgery. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to wrap the local guides and corruption into trophy hunting. Sure, because I think I that think makes sense. Yeah, yeah, those are causes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to call it. Dr. Palmer, you're getting a huge, big slap. Trophy hunting, you're going to the alarmist jail. We did it again. Ding dong. <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure some people will get that reference. Are you, are you talking about Ding Dong, the witch is dead, right? No, I'm talking about Ding Dong, the British lady who judges that makeup show on Netflix that has been oh. like quite the sensation. Whenever someone does a good job, she goes, Ding Dong. <laughs> okay, we're talking about two different things, but they still but apply. But Ding Dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> Lucas, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. I had a great time. After the killing of Cecil the Lion, according to National Geographic, news of Cecil's death spread instantly. Palmer became an international target of contempt 
and thousands took to social media to protest Cecil's death and trophy hunting in general. Late night talk show host Jimmy Kimmel even cried. He put out a plea to viewers to donate to Oxford's Wildlife Conservation Research Unit, the research group that had installed a radio collar on Cecil and was observing him. Donations poured in. Some countries decided to stop letting hunters take lion trophies across their borders. Australia flat out banned them. So did France. The United States, the biggest importer of lion trophies, added new protections for lions under the Endangered Species Act. Hunters now can't bring back their trophies unless the animal came from a country that uses hunt fees to bolster lion conservation. After a week's-long hiatus, Palmer went back to his dental practice in September of 2015. Zimbabwean authorities said that he had shown the proper documentation to hunt Cecil, so he was never charged with a crime. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at the Alarmist the on Twitter, at the Alarmist Podcast on Instagram, or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the assassination of President Lincoln. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.